0: Let me let me begin by asking you a question. What are some things you do to get somebody to like you? When you want somebody to like you, what do you do to get them to like you? Yeah. Be friends with them. Be friends with them. Be nice. That always helps, doesn't it? Do you have something? No. Yeah. Play with them. Play with them. Play with them on the on the playground, maybe. Yeah. What's that? Help them when they get hurt. Be kind. Be right. There's certain things that we do. There's certain things that we do to try and get people to really like us. Sometimes. Even even when you're an adult, you kind of have that same little bit of uh, ways that you act to try and get in somebody's good favor. Uh, if you want the pastor to like you, you know, you slip him a little money on the way out. <laughs> But when you're, you're also when you're a kid, right, you're trying to make friends, you, you try to be nice to them. You know, people have always had a way that they try to get God to like them. All, everybody, all people, at some time or another, have tried to find ways to get God to like them. Did you know, back in the Babylonian times, so we're talking a long, long time ago, in Babylon and Mesopotamia, they had so many different ways that they were trying to get their gods to like them. They had certain days where they had to do certain and exact things in order for their god to favor them each year. So on the New Year Day, they got the whole town together, they got in procession, and they had to march around their city in order for Marduk, their god, to favor them for the year. And if they didn't do it exactly right, the scribes, that is the people who kept track of everything that went on, would write down, this did not go right, and we are not going to have a good year. But it wasn't just them who would do crazy things like that. We even see in the Bible where there would be these other religions that would come up against the real true God, and they would have their own ways of doing it. Back in the Old Testament, there's this uh, pagan god called... Baal, or Baal, have you ever heard of that? Yes. Yeah? No. No? Well, let me tell you about it. Because he would do all kinds of things and demand things from the people. So much so that if they were trying, people were trying to get favor from God and grow their families more, they would try and go into their temple, offer up their first child as sacrifice to that God. And if that wasn't enough, sometimes they would take... Knives and spears, and they would cut their arms or their bodies to show their devotion to their God. Now, our God has never asked you to do that, has He? No. no. He's never showed any interest in any of us doing anything remotely like that to win favor. But it never stops us from trying, does it? We convince ourselves sometimes that we have so much to do in order to get God's favor and grace. Maybe if I actually do well in school, or actually do well when my teacher is talking about God, and answer the right way, maybe God will like me so much he'll bring more friends to my life. Maybe if I just get into this habit or this ritual, doing the same thing over and over and over again, and I do it enough times, maybe that will build up enough treasure with God that He'll actually want to come and give me exactly what I ask for. For us adults, it works the same way. Where even we consider the ways that we worship to be a certain kind of ritual maneuvering that if I do it the right way, it's going to be a good week. I'm going to be okay this time. Or maybe if I'm unhappy enough with the way and directions of things are going, that it will prove to God that I actually am His child. We fall into this all the time. In our, our lives today, and in the lives of those in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, If you heard the words of Jesus earlier, he talked about those who go out into public to do their fasting, and that they've already received their reward, that they're very public about the anguish they're going through. And that's because there were people at that time, where they would go into the temple and into the public, and they'd bring their massive offerings, and they'd write these big, beautiful prayers, and they'd yell it out loud enough so that everybody could hear how sincere they actually are so that they could see how much they're sacrificing for God and all these other people are not. Jesus says that they've already received all their rewards. They've already done everything that they needed to because people now are very impressed with with what they've done. They're black. And they're dingy. And they're kind of grainy. And sooner or later you're going to forget they're on your forehead, and it's just going to get all over the place. And it's going to be gross. Because these ashes, they don't represent everything we have that we're trying to impress God with. They represent what we actually are, what we actually bring to the table with God, our sins our frustrations, all of the weight that we bear of our imperfections, all the times that we weren't able to do everything we wanted to, all the times that we felt lonely when maybe our friends weren't around when we wanted them to be. Maybe all those times where we even tried to use our own faith, our own spirituality, our own worship to manipulate God. These ashes represent everything that we have. And what we have is dark and black and briny. So we put it on our forehead. Now as we come forward to receive these ashes, you'll find that they're not totally dusty. Because it's not just ashes that's mixed in here. That it's not just this black brine that's here either. Do you know what this is at all? Does anybody want to guess? What is it? You don't know? Do you know what it is? Liquid. It is a liquid. Yes. Very good. <laughs> Someone's learning that. Yes. Yeah. You will put jet goes across on your forehead. Well it helps it across yep. on your forehead. You and see, I, uh, yes. does anybody actually know what it is? Do you know what it is? Yeah. It's oil, very good. No, yes. It so it's not it's not uh, it's not water as you can tell. It's oil. And what we do is we take the ashes and we pour just a little bit of oil, because a little bit of oil goes a very long way. And as we pour that oil in, we mix it together and it becomes something else. Now, in the Bible, oil represents something. It represents, oftentimes, the blessing and presence of the Lord. It represents that when someone would come forward to receive a blessing or, or a special grace from God, they would be marked with oil. And in fact, in many churches today, they still use oil this way. In the Orthodox Church, they would after they baptize a baby or somebody, they pour oil on them to symbolize now the presence of God in their life. We should consider that maybe. But the oil represents God's presence. And so as you're getting marked with this dust and this grime is everything that you have, you're also receiving oil on your forehead. Showing that God is with you. Even in the midst of that dust, in the midst of that dirt, da- in the midst of that grime, the Lord's presence is still there. He's come to you in Jesus Christ. He's come to you to take away all that dust and to give you the oil of God, His blessing, His grace. So that as we come to the Lord, not saying, how should I, or how I should be actually blessed, we come to the Lord and say, how you have blessed me. How you have come to me. How you have come to give me life and hope. So, we do not wear these ashes to bring attention to our own glory, to the things that we're doing. We wear these ashes to show that we have a Lord who comes in the midst of our death, in the midst of our sin, and sheds his presence and his forgiveness. Amen.